0: He on KTNF, AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good morning to all of you joining us locally by radio and streaming online. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is Sunday, October 21st. I'm your host, Maddie Love, and I'm in, here in studio with August Berkshire, Heather, and a special guest from American Atheist, Jim Helton. August is no stranger to Atheist Talk, but recently his role in Minnesota Atheists has changed since stepping down from the Board of Minnesota Atheists. August has been active in organized atheism since 1984. He's a past president of Minnesota Atheists, and he currently serves on the National Board of Directors of American Atheists, and has recently been named as the State Director for American Atheists. Jim Helton is the National Field Organizer for American Atheists. After attending the 2012 Reason Rally, he co-founded the Tri-State Freethinkers and was appointed American Atheist Kentucky State Director his leadership, Tri-State Freethinkers, adopted the highway in front of the Creation Museum in Arc Encounter and led a protest that received international attention. As a, national field organizer, as a national field organizer, Mr. Helton works with affiliates, local partners, and state directors to challenge religious privilege and to fight to protect church-state separation at the local level by building coalitions around specific issue campaigns, including medically accurate sex education, LGBT non-discrimination ordinances, and religious exemptions. This is an open conversation. We welcome and encourage listener interaction with your phone calls to 952-946-6205. Your email to radio at mnatheist.org. Tweet us at Atheist Talk or find us on Facebook over at facebook.com slash Atheist Talk. All right, August, Heather, Jim, thanks for coming in on this like ridiculously perfect fall morning.
1: Thanks for having me on.
2: Okay, well, Thanks, Maddie. And uh, joining me is Heather Heggie, the chair of the board of Minnesota Atheists. And I'm going to have her ask the first question.
3: All right. Jim, you are the field organizer for American Atheists. Why are you visiting Minnesota?
1: I'm here to visit the local groups. I recently visited the SSA Mavericks, which is the Secular Student Alliance group, uh, the Rochester Area Freethinkers, Lake Superior Freethinkers in Duluth, and I'll be talking to Minnesota Atheists later this afternoon and talking to them about local issues and grassroots activism, how to make change in their community.
2: Okay. Uh, How is American Atheist structured at the state level?
1: At the state level, well, we have regional directors that cover multiple states that are volunteers. We also have a state director, like yourself, that focuses on that state and issues going on the state. Because politics are local. What affects Minnesota is very different than Kentucky or, say, California. And then we're looking, and this is a very new initiative for American Atheists, to put assistant directors in every city where we have a group. So that we can actually focus on local school boards and city councils of passing positive legislation you know, for equality for all and stop religious discrimination.
2: So as the uh, newly appointed state director for Minnesota, (laughs) uh,
1: what do you want me to do? (laughs) To coordinate with the groups of what we just did. You know, there's multiple groups in Minnesota. There's some fantastic groups. But with getting assistant director in each group, And coordinating with them as a state of issues that are important to the local community. We're not here to tell the groups what to do or how to do it, but to offer them a cafeteria plan of issues that are important to them. They can pick it, and then we will help train them. Hopefully, if we coordinate this at the school board level and city council level, that'll issue up to the state level where we can actually make state-level policies. And this is a new initiative because often atheist groups fight separation religion and government through letters and lawsuits which we should continue to do. But now we're actually going after policy, like comprehensive sex ed, LGBTQ issues, you know, and actually changing policy. And that's super exciting. And it's positive. The reaction from the community is very positive. These are popular issues. Uh, and it's
0: a way we can make change. I have a question. When you talked about uh, you'd be offering a cafeteria plan to like local groups, is that the things you're offering them, are those things that have been matriculated up to you from local groups in the area? Or I guess how when you're offering those things to state and local directors to work on, where are those ideas coming from?
1: Those are coming not from the national level. Those are coming from the local groups. Fantastic. Like we had a local group fighting sex ed in their community. They were so successful, Planned Parenthood asked if they could use the toolkit there to train their their staff. While Planned Parenthood is the best at teaching sex ed, we were very good about getting it in the schools. You know, all these issues are coming from a grassroots level. We're sharing best practices, ideas. So these are proven things that have actually worked where we have activists in groups doing these things. But we're trying to get that information around the country and not isolated to this just one or
0: two groups. And when you you said there would be their, their state level, so August is our state rep, and you're looking at appointing uh Assistant state, is that the right yes. term in major cities? Like when we're looking at Minnesota, have those cities already been established and which ones would get? Because I'm assuming like you know, some 300-person town in in Minnesota probably wouldn't be getting an assistant. If
1: they have a group there, we will put one there.
0: Really? And we will provide
1: resources to there. So in Kentucky, we have eight directors. Okay. You know, in Texas, we have five, and in Virginia, we have seven in Minnesota, we have one. We have August. My goal is when I leave here, you know, on Monday, that that changes. That we have multiple directors, we have multiple groups engaged to give them the resources, you know, to do these exact things we're talking about today.
0: Well, that's awesome. That's like really putting it at the. We talked to Nick Fish like about a year ago at Skepticon 10, and that was one of his big pushes was making sure that the local groups were informing the national groups on what was important at the local level. I think that's something that makes American Atheists so successful.
1: Yeah, a lot of times the national groups are pushing things down to the local groups of do these things, but now we're hearing from the local groups of what's affecting you. Not what our agenda is, what is your agenda, what issues are important to you, what are you seeing on the ground that you're having troubles with. And then talking to these folks and asking them, and we help them to put this in a toolkit, to put this in a presentation, that we've had our directors, other affiliates, help us write these toolkits because they're experts, And then we have nice professional editors that will help them make them look pretty and nicer uh, and then get that out to the directors with training on whatever issue is important to them in their community.
2: Yeah, I see American Atheists as helping us to create a network in Minnesota. So some issue comes up at the state capitol, and I contact the directors throughout Minnesota and say, hey, we need to come testify in this and and coordinate our testimony. Maybe you'll focus on this aspect and you'll focus on this aspect but um, we Minnesota atheists has always had good relations with the other groups, but we haven't really formed the network. And I think American atheists will give us that umbrella to do that.
1: Yeah, it's forming a network, and when we, if if somebody wants to go testify at the state house about an issue like Minnesota tried to ban conversion therapy unfortunately, it didn't go anywhere, but just think if we had an American atheist state representative and we had a representative from every group, we'll even write the testimony for you. Or if you want to write your own testimony, we'll help edit it for you to have multiple representation to show from multiple cities around the state of, you know, the groups. When I look at the groups in Minnesota, there's some huge groups, Minnesota atheists over 3,000, other groups with 4,000, like, you know, hundreds, like they're all over. This is a very good state for atheist activism. We just need to give it a little focus and guidance, I think, uh, because you're already doing amazing work here compared to other states that I've seen. So I'll give you props for that. We're just here to maybe take it to the next level.
2: Well, I mentioned testifying at the state capitol is something where coordinated uh, efforts might work. What other kind of projects do groups do? Uh, I suppose protesting Events,
1: uh, protesting is a great thing. Things that we're for, marching for things that we support. You know, like Pride Parade, the Women's March, March for Science. Where we saw when we looked at groups across the country, a lot of them were participating individually. But what we want to make sure is that they're participating as groups. And not all groups have the resources to do this. So we want to make sure we have help. We can give T-shirts. You know, to volunteers. We can give out signs. We have some amazing protest signs. My favorite is when equality is under attack, atheists show up. You know, and we can give you signs, and so when you're protesting, marching, you're doing it in the name of your group. You're doing it as atheists, so that they realize when equality is under attack, atheists are there showing up to protect their rights. And it goes a long way to normalize atheism. Yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, what I really like about this American atheist approach is that um, we tell you what our issues are, what we need, and you you're there to help us help us be better. And uh, as you say, normalize atheism. Absolutely.
0: I feel like if we don't normalize atheism, I so often we still see people who should know better, who still have a misunderstanding about what atheism is. Like, oh, you hate God. It's like, no, we need to normalize atheism so we can have this conversation at work without having to worry about, oh my gosh, I'm going to offend my, <laughs> my coworker and, and get fired.
1: And I think the, the process that we've seen, there's multiple ways to do this, but the two th- combinations that we found to be the most effective is first, we need to come out as atheists. Like people have to know we exist. I know that sounds crazy,
3: <laughs> but people
1: are scared. And for those that can't come out, we need to come out. The second thing is when religion is being used to discriminate against people, we need to show up. Because if we do that, These are positive issues. When we take down a cross or or Bibles out of schools or Ten Commandments, these are unpopular. We get a lot of backlash. We should continue to do these to fight for separation of religion and government. But let's be honest, we get a lot of backlash. When we're fighting for sex ed, for education, we're fighting for science, we're fighting for women's rights, these are popular issues. And if we can actually affect policy where others have failed, people love us for it. We, We become accepted in the community. I can go anywhere in Kentucky, in northern Kentucky, or Cincinnati and speak to open council meetings, to speak at large marches because atheists are welcome. They're happy to have us there because when you're doing an action there, they're like most organizers, like you need to call the atheist group. They're fantastic. They have a good turnout. They know what they're doing. They're organized. You're going to want their help. Even religious organizations are reaching out to the local atheist group you know, in partnering on issues we agree on. And it has changed the way that town and that city has viewed atheists.
3: That is amazing that in Kentucky you can go to a city council or be invited to a city council meeting to speak. How did you get to that point?
1: By getting involved. Now, let's be clear. In Kentucky, I am not welcome at all city council meetings. (laughs) I, I I don't want to exaggerate. But by getting involved in working with them and being reasonable, And and understanding that they're going to have issues and they could have backlash. And my job is to get the change that we need, but also make it easy for them to work with us. I think a lot of times people come confrontational with with their politicians. And as long as they're willing to work with me in any format, I will do what I can. If they won't, then that's a different story.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, we're about to go to break here. When we return, we will. Yeah. Talk more. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Please stay with us for the break for are turn to Atheist Talk with Heather, August, and Jim Helton from American Atheists. I'm Maddie Love, and you're listening to AM 950 KTNF, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. You're tuned into Atheist Talk. I'm your host, Maddie Love, in studio with Heather Heige and August Berkshire, with special guest Jim Helton of American Atheists. Atheist Talk is produced with funding from the Minnesota Atheist and Cucumbers Restaurant in Adina, Minnesota. Please consider visiting our sponsors, and if you do, let them know that you appreciate their support of Atheist Talk. If you would like to advertise in this program and help keep us on the air, please contact us at radio at mnatheist.org. As for the here and now, if you'd like to get involved in the conversation with Heather, August, and Jim this morning, you can call us at 952-946-6205, email us at radio at mnatheist.org, or tweet us at Talk. Using or use our Facebook. All right. So, Jim, right before break, I was going to ask you a question and then I, I stopped myself because I thought it might be a, a silly question. But then I kind of asked you in the break. You're like, no, that's not a silly question. So when you're in going to places that were maybe that are more hostile to atheism, like obviously not Minnesota because we're fantastic, but, <laughs> you know, other places, <laughs> Do you do you ever set yourself up to be kind of like – the scapegoat that the local group can point to and say, oh, no, get mad at American atheists. Don't get mad at us.
1: Yeah, we don't only do this for groups. We also do it for individuals. When they report a violation to us or they see something in their city or their town, we keep them anonymous and we can send an American atheist spokesperson so that we take the heat and pressure if there are fear of backlash. So, yes, we absolutely do that to protect groups and people. However, we encourage groups and people, if they're able to come out to say, using Minnesota's example, the Minnesota Atheist, you know, an affiliate of American Atheists, and you handle this issue because if I'm out of state, they're less likely to take it as serious as if somebody's in this state, in this city. So we try to promote the local groups with these things and try to coach you to be able to do them. But we realize not all groups or not all people are able to do so, so we will absolutely protect them and stand up for them when they need us to.
0: So if I need, if I if I write a letter to, or, or whatnot to American Atheists and say, hey, whatever the this they're they're teaching abstinence only love jesus education in my school but i don't want you guys to publish my name that's something that you can you can keep me not not in the dark about it wasn't madeline that did it absolutely okay yeah and that is happening here in minnesota by the way <laughs> oh that's sick
3: <laughs> earlier we were discussing all the uh great initiatives we're doing uh what, is, what do you see the future of atheist activism being?
1: That is a great question because that has been a big debate amongst the atheist community for years. What is an atheist issue? And when issues would come up... People would discuss them, and often boards and groups were not in agreement what an atheist issue is. They might say LGBTQ rights is an equal rights issue, and this is an issue morally, but it's not an atheist issue. We shouldn't be in this space. And other people would say it absolutely is. And what we found is a lot of infighting, and we also found inaction, because they couldn't agree groups across the country were not acting. There were some. And so we wanted to redefine what an atheist issue is. We wanted to make it very simple, very clear. Should a group be taking on this issue? So we set out three definitions to redefine what an atheist issue is. The very first question we ask is, who's behind the issue? Is it religion? If you look at a lot of the issues we talked about, sex ed, LGBTQ, dying with dignity, abortion, science. Who is behind this issue? Who is driving the bus? And guess what it is on every single one of those issues? It is organized religion. So that's step one. If you answer yes to that question, then we should be in that space. Step two, is it an equal rights issue? Is religion being used to discriminate against people? We see these in the transgender bathroom bills. We see this in sex education, discriminating against our students, you know, where people are using their religion as an excuse to discriminate. So if this is the case, while well, we're all fighting separation of religion and government on these you know, traditional atheist issues, we have been getting destroyed on rights here in this space. And that's what we must be. And if religion is there imposing its will and belief on the people, then we must be in that space fighting for equality and fighting for those rights for people against religion. And the third one and the last one is if religion is offered as a solution. And this one, you know, took us a little more to iron out and because of this, you know, my proposal to American Atheists when I was hired with this initiative was to do those very first two things I just mentioned. But never in a million years did I think I'd be talking about, like, weather and guns as an atheist issue. But when you have politicians, multiple politicians saying, not talking about climate change or worrying about the environment, saying, if we want, if we want to stop a hurricane, we need to ban the gays and abortion. That's the answer. If we have students being shot and they're like, we, we need thoughts and prayers. That's the only way to keep kids safe. Or we're mandating in God we trust in every classroom this is going on. Now, I don't care if you're for or against guns. There's no quicker way to divide the room, even in the atheist movement of talking about guns. But I will say this. Can we all agree thoughts and prayers will not keep our kids safe? Can we all agree in God we trust will not keep our kids safe? We want evidence-based policies. I'm not going to go down into the weeds, nor is it American atheist business to go down to what that is. But what we can demand from our politicians is if you admit there's a problem, which you have, then we want an evidence-based solution, not superstition, to solve that problem. With this, this empowers groups. It allows the board to pass a vote, to say, these are if it meets this criteria, any one of these, then we should be involved. The board can have a heated discussion. They can have a long discussion. If they accept those three values... Once they do and an issue comes up, that any one of the members can ask that question, and if the answer is yes, then they can immediately take action without having to go through bureaucracy. And we've seen immediate action because a lot of these things come up. The Westboro Baptist Church might be protesting your school and you only have a day or two's notice. Now you – guess what? Because you have an assistant director in your city, you have signs, you have press releases ready to go, and you can mobilize quickly, and we can support you and put that pressure that's out so you can you know, protest religion when it's trying to oppress people. And it's been very effective.
0: How do you, how do you hash out – you say it's through the board. So we've seen – a lot of these social issues divide parts of the atheism community where they'll say, well, that's not an atheist issue standing up for equal rights. How, how does questions in the future that come up that, are, that be divisive? Like, is it just through the board where that's decided whether or not that's an atheist issue or an issue? Of American it depends atheism?
1: on the group, how they're structured. Like, that is the definition American atheists use. So, for example, if the criteria hits any one of those three things – I don't go to the American Atheist Board or ask permission or staff. Like, they've set up this parameter. If it meets those things, I can then mobilize and act on it. So however, whether it's a board, whether it's a committee, whether however groups are structured, they can discuss this, ask the question, and if the answer is yes, then going forward, it ends that debate. I think the other thing is we we need to, as groups or individuals, stop talking in terms of Democratic, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian terminology because that divides us. And often, you know, while one group is more guilty than others on imposing these things, like in Kentucky, a Democrat proposed the transgender bathroom bill discrimination. In other states, Democrats proposed the thoughts and prayers. We've seen both sides you know, erode the separation of religion and government. So we need to talk in forms of not conservative, not liberal. We need to talk in forms of atheist issue is religion behind this. That way I don't care if you're a libertarian, Green Party, Democrat, Republican. We can all agree religion should not be instituting their policies and beliefs on the people. And groups that have done this and areas that have done this, we've united those groups and united those people much closer. We won't make everybody happy. We're not delusional. But we have brought people together with very different political backgrounds to say, whatever you are, conservative or liberal, can we agree religion should not be the answer? And in doing so, we've actually united a lot of the atheist movement to go after change in their community.
0: Yeah, I like seeing you guys at CPAC for a few years, even though I realized that was... Yeah. <laughs> we'll return to our guest Jim Helton of American Atheists after this short commercial break. Please stay with us. I'm Maddie Love in studio with Heather Heige, August Berkshire, and special guest Jim Helton of American Atheists. You're listening to AM nine fifty KTNF. Thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk on AM nine fifty KTNF. I'm your host Maddie Love in studio with Heather Heige and August Berkshire. We're having a rather nice chat with Jim Helton of American Atheists. If you'd like to chat with us this morning, you can call us at 952-946-6205, email us at radio at mnatheist.org, or tweet us at Atheist Talk, or message us over on the Facebooks. Before we continue with this conversation, bit of housekeeping. I want to thank all of our dedicated volunteers and the generous donations of you, our listeners, who keep Atheist Talk on the air and in podcast form. Special shout-out to Cindy, one of our monthly sustaining donors, for her donation this week. If you're able to help with a donation, please consider doing so at our Radio fund page or our Patreon, where you can get extended interviews at patreon.com slash Atheist Talk. Minnesota Atheist is a 501c3, 501c3 tax-deductible organization. We couldn't do this show without you, and we deeply appreciate your support. Music for Atheist Talk is by composer and member Brent Michael David, and is used with permission. Please note all opinions are of guests and hosts and only, only and do not necessarily reflect the Minnesota Atheist organization. Now back to our conversation with Heather, August, and Jim, and I should not run up and down the stairs right before I go back on air. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking um, during the break, uh, you were talking about working with um, on the local level. Do you ever partner with religious organizations if that religious organization has the same goal that you do?
1: Absolutely. If we had to agree if- – with everything every group did, we would have no partners, even in the atheist community. So what we say is, you may disagree with us on 9 out of 10 issues, but if you agree with us on this one issue, we will work with you on that issue. And that is true with pretty much any group. We work with Catholics for choice. You know, we, I was going to fight against the death penalty, and I rode on two hours on a bus with a Catholic nun because we agreed on the death penalty. We may have disagreed on some other issues, which we're probably (laughs) maybe on opposite ends of the protest line when we wave when those happen and we're friendly. But we agreed on this issue. And what do you think it says to the legislator when they see American atheists and a Catholic nun walking into their office at the same time? They're like, whoa, if you two agree – this must be a no-brainer, like, and it has an impact to that community. So, yes, we must work with groups when they agree with us on that issue, about that issue. That doesn't mean we condone all the other horrible things the Catholic Church does, and it doesn't mean we will not call them out the very next day, which we do.
0: No, it's, that's refreshing to hear. I'm I'm a part of a local advocacy group, the Satanic Temple, and so I was hoping that, like, maybe in the future, like, hey, Jim, you want to work with us? We're working for this. <laughs> but you're not, you're not saying, look, we, we won't, you'll work with anybody working with you. I just think that's, that's a good way to get things done. Yeah, I, I
1: would say with most people. I mean I'm always I'm sure you could find somebody that <laughs> right. would be problematic in a lot of areas or brings things to that issue. But if we can right. focus on that issue and keep it about that issue, sometimes when you have other local partners, you know, it becomes about way more than that oh, issue, totally. especially publicly. But when we're going behind the scenes doing things, we work with as many groups as we can, even ones that completely disagree with us. And it's also a good way to normalize atheism. You know, with that nun I talked to one of my favorite stories is we worked with her on this issue. They were founding this other campaign, okay, and it was religious-based. And she asked the question to the committee, which was mainly priests. She said, is our goal to promote our religion, or are we trying to help the community? And they go, no, on this one, we really – we do things like that, but this is really about the community, what we need to do. Then she said, you know, then I would recommend you change the name to get faith out of the title. You rewrite your mission statement so we can contact the atheists so they can help us. If we can include everybody – and not make this about our religion, we'll have a bigger impact. Then they came to me and said, Jim, we'd like your help. Normally, I have to fight to say, hey, change your name, or we can't work, you know, this statement. They did that on their own just by working with those partners. And when there's interfaith things, they invite the atheists or invite it. We're not asking to be there. They're inviting us. I was asked to deliver the invocation at an all-religious festival because the atheists they knew would be inclusive to everybody. You know, which meant I had to go with the religious festival all day. <laughs> so I was very honored and happy to have that invite, and then realized I had to table it all day. <laughs> I was not as happy. But those are good problems to have, because most people I talk to, they have to fight to be included on their interfaith panel. And here we try not to show up sometimes, and they're locally and they're asking us, so we always do.
2: Okay. You know, from time to time, we get some criticism on the show that we're not sticking to strict atheism. That they want us to spend week after week killing God. And I think God is dead. I think we've done that. <laughs> I think it would be... <laughs> Twice. God's not dead, too. <laughs> uh, oh, there we go. <laughs> little plug um, for
0: <laughs> I think they're on three now. Yeah. If you listen to God Alpha of movies.
2: God's not dead. Sorry, three. Okay. Uh, P.Z. Myers, who uh, writes the blog Foringula, he's from Minnesota. And for many, many years, he has cri- uh, criticized what he calls definitional atheism. Atheist movements that just stick to the strict meaning of atheism, there God does not exist or we don't believe in gods. And that's all they talk about is there's no God, there's no God. Um, he said that atheism logically leads to the kind of social justice uh, issues you're talking about. You can't stop at just killing God. You, you know, uh, if there's no God to help us, okay, what's the next logical thing? Well, we have to help each other. So I think he, I don't speak for him, but I think he'd be very pleased at the direction that American Atheists is taking.
1: And and I would love to talk to PZ about this. Uh, I think each organization has to ask themselves, what are their goals? And what is their primary mission? And once you have that clear mission and that clear vision, like one of the directives I was giving uh, with American Atheists is, we want to normalize atheism and the separation of religion and government. Then the question becomes, What is the best way to go about doing that? And what we have found is if we stand up for equal rights and equality of others when religion is oppressing them, this normalizes atheism. This gives us separation religion and government. The other issue is when all these in God we trust coming in schools, police cars, I don't know of anybody that has gotten those removed. But I do know if when we're working with those schools and those cities on these equal rights issues, on these issues that are important, when those stickers and signs try to come into the school, they've never went into a school or city where I've been working with them ahead of time because they understand and they respect us. And, you know, a couple of years ago, they wouldn't have thought, oh, everybody agrees with us. But now they realize this is not making us feel welcome. So we absolutely need to be in those spaces.
2: Uh, one of the things that's in your presentation that I like is uh, you talk about writing headlines to get attention. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so I, I've talked to some atheists or atheist groups saying they can't get coverage. They can't get any news. And, and the news loves us. So what, what I would challenge people to think is you need to write headlines like your Fox News. But keep in mind this isn't your talking point. So when we were taking on the Gideons Bibles, the Gideons have a rule. If there's media attention, they can't show up. But no, some atheists couldn't get the media attention. So I wrote a headline that says, Atheists Descend on Public Schools. How much press do you think I had there? A ton. Now, when I, did, when I did interviews, do you think I talked about that? No, that was nowhere in my talking points. When the Ark Encounter was building a $100 million project and almost all the international news was positive, I dropped a banner at their entrance gate that called it Genocide and Incest Park. I, we had six documentary film crews there. Miami Herald, New York Times, Washington Post, New Zealand, Paris, UK. I, I could go on. Now, when, you, when I did interviews, do you think that was my talking points of talking about genocide and incest park? No. I was talking about how it was anti-science. They were getting state money. They were discriminating. If you're single, you have to sign a vow of chastity saying you can't have sex until you're married. So what I, to my point is we need to write headlines in press releases that grab their attention. And then our talking points and our headlines of the article can be totally separate but that usually you can't be informative if you don't have anybody's attention. So you have to grab their attention before you can be informative. And American Atheist is pretty good about that.
0: <laughs> so American Atheists endorses clickbeat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you have to have substance behind it. Right. And that was the thing. Like the genocide and incest park banner we put up. Uh, I wasn't I was a volunteer with American Atheist at that time. But you know, when you looked at, yes, you could call that clickbait. They clicked it. They wanted to see what it was. Everybody was outraged and excited. But when you read it, there was so much substance there, and people were horrified at what they found. So there has to be backing beyond it than just clicking and deceiving people. But you can let people know what's going on.
2: Uh, when Minnesota Atheists invites someone to be our a monthly speaker, um, you had a, a good strategy about partnering and Getting more people to show up?
1: Yeah. So one of the things is is through our ACES program, which is like activism, community, education, social. When we looked at groups around the country, they were firing on all four cylinders doing all of these things. And one of the things was, and I'll use the example of Planned Parenthood, uh, is when we invited Planned Parenthood to come speak to our group, we met you know, the first Wednesday of every month at 7 o'clock at this place. We had a format that we used. But we try to never make it just the atheist meeting. We said, hey, would you like to come speak at our meeting? They said, yes, we would love to. And then we said, would you like to co-host this with us? Would you like to invite your members to hear this? I think, you know, the work we're doing. And they're like, that would be excellent. We had a much bigger meeting. When we invited the LGBTQ community and we had some – transgender was our keynote speaker. We had somebody from Pride. We had somebody from the HRC. We asked all three of those organizations, would you like to co-host this with us and invite your members? How big do you think that meeting was? And so we try to make as many meetings as we can as co-hosted events with our partners. And so it creates diversity because they're bringing in their members. So there we have – because we partner with Planned Parenthood, we have a lot of young, strong women in leadership. I think the board's 70% leadership there of women. We have high LGBTQ community because we partner with them. The other thing is, is when you take one of these meetings, have you ever gone to a talk where you've heard this talk is like, wow, that great speaker, that issue really upsets me. We should do something about that. Then the next month, that was a great speaker. That upsets me. We should do something about that. But a year later, you've heard a dozen great speakers, but there's been no change. So we have a saying that says, you can't come piss us off unless you give us something to do about it. You must have actionable items. So the activism committee set up a lobby day. They set up a phone bank with Planned Parenthood when they come in. We set up a community service event to collect women's hygiene products. And then at the end of it, after we did all these actions with Planned Parenthood over the following weeks, over the following months, and we became true partners, at the end of it, we set up a social event at a bar to drink beer and bitch about religion. But at the end of that, how many members of Planned Parenthood do you think became members of the atheist group? How many members of the atheist group do you think became supporters of Planned Parenthood? Our groups became totally intertwined. Uh, because we showed up. Now, you can't just call Planned Parenthood and say, we want to partner with you or any organization. The first step is you have to show up. And if you show up repeatedly, you're a volunteer and you do whatever they need, they will quickly become partners and you can change and get so much more reach. They have so much more power in reach in these educational meetings. If I would just put up a topic appealing to my base, but if I can get the ACLU Planned Parenthood. Indivisible, any outside group that you want to bring in and get them to co-share it, our meetings become diverse, dynamic, and unlike other groups, we are making our speakers provide us a solution and an actionable item that we could do to make change about this issue, or we're really not interested in hearing them speak.
0: So it sounds like when you're talking about going and partnering with these groups, you're not asking them to change anything to let you in you're just saying, look, our, what your goals on these issues and what are – like you had said before, your goals on this issue and our goals on this issue are the same. Let's partner together. Yeah,
1: like while I am preaching to the choir saying these are atheist issues, when I go there, I'm saying these are equal rights issues. I just go say, our group agrees with everything you're doing. We want to be volunteers. How can we help? That's it. That's my language, and I continue to show up. Our groups continue to show up. And in doing so, it changes. Eventually, they become –
0: All right. We'll return our guest Jim Helton of American Atheists after this short commercial break. Please stay with us. I'm Maddie Love in studio with Heather and August. You're listening to AM 950 KTNF. Welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're tuned into Atheist Talk. I'm your host Maddie Love in studio, talking with Heather August and our special guest Jim Helton from American Atheists. If you're curious about a Minnesota Atheist, you can check out Minnesota Atheist website. We have previous episodes. You can browse articles, book reviews, and peruse the calendar of upcoming events. You can also sign up for the Atheist Weekly Email, which will tell you which will tell you give and <laughs> give links to upcoming events. We always have a ton of activities going on from around the Twin Cities and outlying suburbs. Today at 1 p.m., over at the Rondo Public Library in St. Paul and University and Snelling is our monthly business meeting. Following the business meeting at two p.m., a reminder you can hear Jim Helton give his presentation, The Time is Now, What is an Atheist Issue? We hope you enjoy this show as well as Jim's talk later this afternoon. Come and discover all that Minnesota Atheists has to offer and consider becoming a member of Minnesota Atheists. Membership has some great perks. Check out how you can become a member over on the website. And now, back to our conversation with Heather, August, and Jim.
3: In the last section, you mentioned the ACES program. Now, ACES, that stands for activism community education and social can you give us examples in each category
1: sure so if you're going to take on an issue like what we talked about um you know and let's say it's lgbtq issues you know in education you would bring in a speaker to speak and educate you about this issue Uh, an activism thing might be tabling marching in pride or an activism might be going to your city and getting a fairness ordinance, a non-discrimination ordinance, saying, going to your city and saying, hey, we need to make sure LGBT can't be fired, refused housing, or service for being gay. That's an actionable item. Community service uh, on this. You might volunteer to be volunteers at Pride. Or we have an LGBTQ center. Uh, you have to be a highly trained volunteer to work with the with the teens that are homeless there, but and, and we didn't have all that training or that time. But what we do is we do a spring cleaning. We go into their kitchen and we gut it and do a spring cleaning every year with that. And they're so appreciative of that. So that's a community of giving back to that community. And then a social event is a movie night or drinks or just hanging out with folks from that community. And keep in mind, all these events shouldn't be just your group. It should be with the group that you're working with or trying to help. Uh, the ACES Toolkit, we will email people for free, but it does three things. The three biggest challenges when we talk to groups, we did a survey. What is the three biggest challenges group face? And there's these in no particular order. Lack of money, lack of diversity, and lack of volunteers. And the ACES program helps solve all three of those issues.
0: We had a question, an email question in from Steve Peterson, another one of the hosts and member of Minnesota Atheists. He was asking, how, do, how well does the American Atheists work with the Secular Coalition for America, American Humanist Association, FFRF, and other big, large atheist groups?
1: Uh, we work closely with them, uh, some organizations more than others, but like at my level at the grassroots level, we have a monthly call with all those organizations where the grassroots organizers talking about how we can better work together, how we can help the affiliates how how we do this thing. The attorneys talk you know they they get together uh, every so often and they talk about issues and in, in, in relation the heads. Of These organizations get together and talk. Uh, You know, some of the organizations have more overlap and more working with than others. But uh, we've seen a real big push from when I first started in this movement uh, to now of working a lot closer and better together, which I'm very excited for.
2: Uh, in your presentation that you've been giving around the state, uh, and I'm sure you'll ask it today uh, when you give it to Minnesota Atheists, you ask a question. I'll ask it for you and see how Heather and Maddie uh, answer it, and then you'll give us the correct answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you ask us, "Who is our number one enemy preventing passage of good legislation?"
0: Ooh, I would, I would honestly say that it's it's us, not not us as atheists necessarily, but just like. Everybody. I, I'm not going to pin this just on religious people.
1: That's the closest answer. Uh I, I think we got to give her that is absolutely correct. Our number one opponent, and I'm sorry I didn't let you answer. No, Would you like to? No, I,
3: <laughs> I'm glad to let Maddie answer that. Our number one <laughs>
1: opponent to legislation in most cases is not the religious right. It is the people that agree with us that gets in our way. Like we go to a school board, we we talk to nine people individually. They all agree with us that we should have comprehensive sex, that it should be absence only, it should not be absence only until marriage education. But when it comes to time to put it in thing, they take away all the language to do that because they fear the religious right. We see this at school boards, we see this at city councils, we see this at the state level. There might be always that religious zealot saying we shouldn't do this, that one or two people But the majority of them agree with us, but they're afraid of those one or two people. And we must change that. And we must not be afraid to go to the media and put the pressure on our representatives who agree with us but are afraid to speak out. Because when you put up a Genocide and Incest Park billboard and you put up some of these big headlines, they know the press that we bring if they do the wrong thing. So we'll work quietly with them behind the scenes, but if they do the wrong thing, the amount of pressure we can put on them, they know this without we don't threaten them, but they're well aware of the attention that could bring, and it makes them more likely to do the right thing.
0: Is that where the benefit of you know when you talk about locking arms with other groups that are maybe even faith groups that are working for the same goal, where you the, when you go to that legislator and you're like, look, you're afraid of the religious zealots, but look at this cross section of society that we represent. We're far more numerous than that one or two religious zealots. That yeah, you're looking like when it comes of.
1: to sex ed, it's eighty five percent. Of parents and students want it. They think it's a controversial issue. When it comes to LGBTQ, it's like sixty-five percent. Even abortion, the majority of people are support of women's right to choose. So we are in the majority. We are have the more the higher ground. This is the moral issue. So we need to let them know by unifying the community that this just isn't an atheist issue. And I can't stress this enough. When I'm talking to my base, I am convincing atheists these are atheist issues. But when I am out in the public, I am not saying these are atheist issues. I'm saying this is equality issues. And I try often not even to bring up religion, that this is just the right thing to do.
2: Uh, you talked earlier about, and in your talk about messaging, how, how framing the message can change how you have your success, uh, basically. And you give the uh, LGBT and marriage equality as an example. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. Once, you know, if you want to appeal to, you know, non-religious are the largest voting bloc. But yet we have all these issues we care about and we don't vote. If you want to appeal to the evangelicals, what is the one issue you have to do? Abortion. It's very simple to get them vote. So we need to change our language. We need to become single-issue voters. We must unite under that banner, and that banner is equality. If you're not for equal rights, we cannot vote for you. And if we start framing things as equal rights issues, like the LGBTQ community did, it changes everything. Dying with dignity is an equal rights issue. They're discriminating against our elderly. Abortion is an equal rights issue. They're discriminating against women. Sex education is an equal rights issue. They're discriminating against our students. And when the LGBTQ community did this, they came out as openly gay, and they came out as this is equality and discrimination, and they changed the way the public viewed their issue. And as atheists, we must do the same. The playbook's there, but we must frame this as very simple. All of our issues, which we have dozens, are equal rights issues.
0: Yeah, I think that, that says it. This is a We only have like 10 seconds, so I just wanted to say thank you again for oh. swinging in. And thank you, August and Heather, for being in studio with us and for, for sharing a mic. That was very, very kind of you. <laughs> thank you for tuning into to Atheist Talk. We'd love for you to join us next Sunday, which should be another exciting episode. I'm proud to be on air with Minnesota Atheists, and I hope you've enjoyed the show. The show depends on the generous support of our members, our sponsors, and donors. Please consider joining or supporting the show through the donation link at MinnesotaAtheist.org. This has been Atheist Talk on AM 950, KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota.